Hello and welcome to our first ever iPhone Life podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David Auerbach. I'm the CEO and publisher of iPhone Life magazine. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, the senior web editor of iPhoneLife.com. And I'm Donna Shell Cleveland, the editor-in-chief of iPhone Life magazine. For the record, I just learned I've been pronouncing Sarah Kingsbury's name wrong for however long you've worked here now. Two years. So sorry about that. We've, anyway, we've got an exciting show for you guys today. We're going to talk about the Apple announcement. We're going to talk about latest iPhone 6S rumors, everything we know so far, latest Apple TV rumors, and a little bit about the iPad. Before we get started, though, I want to tell you about our latest service, iPhone Life Insider. Uh, we're really excited to launch this. We have part of the Insider, what you get, you get daily iPhone Life video tips. You get our in-depth video guides, and we're really excited. We're coming out with the iPhone Life video guide for iOS 9, so make sure you check that out. And you get a digital subscription to our magazine. You get to ask the editor questions, and that's going to be the illustrious Sarah Kingsbury. That's me. Uh, so all of your iOS-related questions, anything for iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, any questions, ask us. We'll answer them, and that's all for... $10 a month, but if you subscribe this month, it's only $5 a month. So make sure you check that out, iphonelife.com slash insider. Sarah, I know you're responsible for creating all of our tips. What's been your favorite tip you've seen so far? I'm really excited about a tip that's not published yet. It's coming out with iOS 9. It's how to search settings. There's a search bar in settings in iOS 9, and that's really exciting. I'm also really excited about that. I didn't know about that, but it's something, it's one of those things I spend so long digging around settings trying to find it. So that sounds like a great feature that I will look forward to the tip on. <laughs> By the way, until then, you can just ask Siri to open like your Bluetooth settings or, Ooh, and okay. she'll just take you right there and you don't have to look through menus. Good. I really didn't want to have to wait. Donna, how about you? <laughs> well, this summer, a popular one has been how to create an out-of-office reply. So a lot of people do that from their Macs, but now you can do it from your iPhone. That's a good one. Great. Uh, my favorite one, I think it was just from this week, actually. You can get notifications for VIP emails. So I obviously don't want notifications for all my emails because I get a lot of them. Uh, but there's a few people who I want to know when they email me, especially because I lose them in my lots of emails. So I was really excited about that, too. Uh, so that's it. We've got a great show. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about the iPhone 6S. We're hearing a lot of rumors so far. Uh, one of the ones that I think we all feel pretty sure is going to happen is that the iPhone 6S is going to have Force Touch. Um, what's, what is Force Touch for those people who haven't used an Apple Watch, Sarah? Uh, <laughs> well, basically, Force Touch is there's a sensor inside your Apple Watch or on the trackpad of the new MacBook where depending on how hard you press it, you can bring up different options. And I'm not really, I'm a technical person in terms of, I understand how operating systems work, but in terms of the mechanics of it, I think I'm gonna let David explain. I am not an engineer, but I will say that the basic premise of it is that it's pressure sensitive. So the harder you push, you can get different responses. So on Apple Watch, for example, if you, on the front, face of the Apple Watch, if you push down hard, it give, it brings up the option to change the face of the Apple Watch. Whereas if you tap it lightly, it will either turn on or turn off. So that's the basic idea. Um, I guess one thing that I'm wondering I'd like to get you guys' opinions on is how do you think it'll be implemented in the iPhone? Like what, what uses are you guys seeing for that? Well, one thing that um, works with the Apple Watch and I think it would carry over well is when you swipe down on the Apple Watch to see your notifications and you force touch to clear all of them. Mm -hmm. So you do the same thing on your iPhone and that's one of the most useful things I find that with force touch on the Apple Watch. Um, so I hope that they have that just kind of like fast shortcuts, things that take a little while right now, like swiping each individual notification yeah. away as a pain. Yeah. How have you guys been liking it so far on the Apple Watch? Do you find it to be a useful thing? Well, you know, when I was kind of getting ready to talk about it on this podcast, I was playing with Force Touch on my Apple Watch, and I realized I don't actually use it that much um, on the Apple Watch. And I think it's actually going to be a bigger deal on the iPhone and way more useful on the iPhone. Uh, what, why? 
Because on the Apple Watch, the whole point of the Apple Watch is everything is already really simple and quick. Mm. And so, you know, it's really easy to like pause or end a workout or like Donna said, clear notifications. But on an iPhone, if you force touch, you could bring up different menus or other options like that, that you wouldn't really do or use on an Apple Watch because it's already such a sort of bare... That simple makes sense. UI. Like, yeah, the, because it's more complex, you can add more complex features with Force Touch. I actually have to disagree with that, though, because um, the Apple Watch screen is so small yeah. that it makes more sense to have another layer um, of control there, whereas, like, actually, to end an exercise, I always Force Touch instead of having to press OK a few different times to save the workout. Yeah. Totally. yeah. And you can just force touch and then end the workout that way. That's simply. one of the main ways my, I use force touch on the Apple Watch, actually. My yeah. concern with force touch, though, is that the advantage of it is you can have the phone do something without having to put a button there and without having to push the buttons. And that's nice for quick shortcuts, but without a button, I never know when I can force touch and I can't. So first of all, I'm just gonna pause and say the term force touch is really awkward. <laughs> I, I never force touch, David. Never. <laughs> I, I was reading. Some... I, think, I think that's a different podcast. Yeah. I, no, I was reading an article just earlier today, and they were talking about and if you force touch harder, I don't know the way they were using it, but like just like a really hard force touch. It just it, sounded it's so rough. Like, how a, did like an people, assault. Yeah, it's almost charming to me that the people of Apple didn't realize how awkward that was going to be, but it's so awkward. These are the people who came up with iPad. That's... Yeah, there you go. The marketing <laughs> geniuses that brought you iPad. Um, but anyway, I, don't, I have no idea what I was saying now. Oh, um, the point being, I'm still discovering different ways to use Force Touch on my Apple Watch, and I've had it for, what, three, four months now? And so that, and because the Apple Watch is a simpler UI, it's easier to figure out. Whereas every app now, you're going to have to figure out what, what Force Touch does. Does it have Force Touch? And I feel like you're just going to be constantly... Sorry, force touching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might be part of the reason that we don't use it that much on our Apple Watch. It took me a while to realize that that's how you, you could end an, a workout. Because I thought yeah. it was kind of a pain to log a workout before exactly. I learned that feature. Yeah. Well, one thing I'm wondering, because there is no API for third-party apps for force touch, apparently. I think they for will. The Apple Watch. They'll have to add it. But though. that's for the Apple Watch. So... Do you think it might just be native apps on the iPhone for now with Force Touch? It's possible maybe to circumvent this problem we're talking about, but I don't think so. I think Apple, the the pro of Force Touch is that it has the potential to be a completely new user interface. And so I think Apple's hoping that people will use this a lot uh, and will make it, everybody can do it and they'll put in their SDK, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, next thing we're hearing, and this they do every time, of course, but not only will I have a faster processor, I'm hearing a lot faster. Uh, what are you guys hearing about the processor this time? Yeah, I'm hearing that it could actually be so powerful that, that our iPhones will basically be as powerful as Macs that are only a few years old, which is kind of amazing considering it's like this small thing you stick in your pocket. It's totally crazy to me. I mean, yeah, I was reading, I think they were saying it'll be about the equivalent, was it a 2011 uh, MacBook Air? Yeah, something like that. Which we have in the office. To be fair, I complain about the 2011 MacBook Air all the time, but it's still a good computer and to carry a device in your pocket that's that powerful is crazy to me. I know, and yet there's somehow, the rumors also say it will be 15% smaller, which, so it's... The, the beauty of Moore's Law right there. Um, but I guess my question is, do we care? Like, I feel like both for Moore's Law, both with computers and now smartphones, it's going to reach a point where it's fast enough, I would think. And have we reached that point with uh, the iPhone where, okay, like, yeah, it's faster, but is that going to make a difference in your life at all? Maybe if you game a lot. Yeah, gaming and video. And are we hearing for, I'm getting ahead of myself, but 4K video is probably a thing. Yeah, yeah I've been hearing that. I mean, I don't think people are that excited about a faster processor. Um, with the success, the form factor doesn't change and the processor always does. And I feel like it's become very expected that it's going to be smaller and faster. But it's not that... I think the thing I hear most people complaining about is battery life. Yeah, and if it's going to help with that, deal. that's substantial. But 
having it be a little faster when it's already pretty fast might not excite that many I people. I think I agree with you, but if it's substantially faster, it's one of those things that if you're not techie, and I'm not techie enough to really understand the difference, uh, you, you don't necessarily buy it for that, but you appreciate it every day and every time you try to check your email or do some stupid little thing and it's faster. I think it's one of those things that makes a big difference in your user experience, even if you're not consciously aware of why. I think speed doesn't really matter unless you don't have it, in yeah. which case it's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think it uh, the battery life too, and I'm, I'm hearing it, it could save up to one to, or add up to one to two hours of battery life, which is a big deal. So that alone makes it worth it. Uh, Plus, with iOS 9's um, battery saving features, also that combined could really make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm reading the main reason why they're making it so much faster is for the iPad Pro. So I would imagine when the iPad Pro comes out, it will make a big difference for something like that. Uh, next rumor we're hearing about is, I got a little bit ahead of myself, but the nicer camera. Uh, so, Donna, what are we hearing in terms of a nicer camera? Well, we've been hearing that it's going to have 12 megapixels, mm -hmm. which is interesting considering that for the past few years, Apple's been insisting that we don't need more than 8 megapixels. So I was kind of surprised by that, and it made me a little bit irritated in a way because I, I bought that when Apple said before that eight meg megapixels was enough. We just needed a better sensor that let in more light. So the pixels just needed to be better quality, not have more of them. It's one of the hard parts about being a, an Apple fan is they convince you of something and you drink the Kool-Aid and you try to tell all your friends about it and then they change their mind and you have to like go and change your mind too. Uh, Cause I remember they did the same thing. You know, Steve Jobs whole thing was we're never gonna make an iPhone that's bigger. This is a perfect size for an iPhone and those stupid Android people who want big screens are just being silly. And then the iPhone six comes out and you're like, oh, Never mind. <laughs> um, and I agree. I bought into that too with the camera uh, where I was like, oh, well, you know, it, the pixels doesn't matter. People are being stupid about it. And so now I'm like, I don't know if I care that it's upgraded pixels. Uh, do you care, Sarah? Well, I think that I could have the nicest camera in the world and I would still take terrible pictures. <laughs> I'm just really bad at photography. Um, but I do care. I mean, I'm in a mixed marriage. My husband is an Android enthusiast, and <laughs> I know. Um, and his do people look at you funny when you walk down the street? <laughs> it's always interesting when he comes to the company parties and talks about his, his Samsung. I will say he's not just an Android user. He's like an enthusiast, yes. and he gets into a lot of arguments at the company parties. <laughs> but his, it's true. His photographs are so much nicer than the ones I take of the same situation really? with my iPhone six. So you think that so it will make a difference? I, I do, and it because I, like I said, I'm terrible at photography, but. You know, these are point-and-shoot cameras, basically. So if we're standing in the same place and pointing and shooting at the same thing, there shouldn't be such a huge quality difference. Yeah, I was going to ask, is he taking both the photos with both cameras? <laughs> or is he <laughs> No, we're standing next to each other. We're taking photos, and his are, his are better. The one area where I think it will make a big difference is the front-facing camera. I'm hearing will be upgraded to 5 megapixels. Is that what you guys are hearing? Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, most people seem to mostly take pictures of themselves. It's, it's really sad, but at least they'll have slightly better pictures of themselves. Like, all the selfies will look a little better. All the duck faces will be a little bit more clear. <laughs> I know. I'm kind of surprised that they're going for such a big jump in megapixels, because right now it's just at 1.2 megapixels. But a lot of the Android phones have already made that jump, and I think that's, once again, the impetus behind what Apple is doing. Well, and I think Apple, when they, you know, it's originally when they added that camera, the idea was, oh, you can do FaceTime, you can use it for things that you don't need a nice camera for. And I don't think anybody anticipated this selfie revolution that's going on. And I mean, really, I would imagine for a teenager, what, 80% of photos are taken with the front-facing camera? Um, as the one person here with the teenager <laughs> at home, I would say yes. So I would imagine that it makes a big deal, um, a big difference. The flash also could be interesting. Um, they're saying there could be a flash in the front facing camera or um, just a flashing white screen when you take oh, a weird. front. Yeah, which can have a similar effect. Um, what have you guys been hearing? I hadn't heard anything about that, honestly. <laughs> I hadn't either, but I mean, light does make a really big difference in terms of 
photo quality. Sa I mean, same logic. I think that anything that improves the front-facing camera will, will make the kids happy, making myself sound a little old there, because <laughs> I don't really care. But uh, the other thing we were talking about, 4K, do you guys care? Like, do you really need 4K video right now of, like, whatever you're shooting videos of? Well, I think it makes it more... Um, you might use it for professional purposes now. I was reading something that it could have the same quality as a DSLR camera when you're taking 4K video, which I just feel like that... What does that mean exactly? Well, I mean, I mean for what... instance, when we're taking videos for our tips, we use a DSLR. If it was really as good of quality, could we be using our iPhones for things like that? Yeah, yeah it's... I think a camera equipment is so expensive, and if you're a young person who's creative and wants to get into shooting videos i mean it's with the apps if you have like a really good quality camera you can actually shoot professional quality things i mean i met a guy who shot an entire cooking show for his public access channel <laughs> you oh. mean all those high quality public access shows out there <laughs> no i mean i think it was a little like higher quality than your okay. average one he, he actually like He's actually made documentaries and stuff. He's a professional filmmaker. And somebody stole his camera equipment and they shot this show on his like iPhone 4S. I mean, I completely agree with the premise that a nicer camera is nicer. Uh, a nicer video camera, you can do more high quality professional things. But realistically, do you know anybody that has a 4K TV at home or even a 4K monitor at work? Uh, I feel like, I, you know, having gone to the Consumer Electronics Show every year and seeing all these 4K TVs, I feel like 4K is the future, but it's not the present. And so I get that they're doing it, but I wouldn't buy an iPhone for 4K. I would buy an iPhone no. for a nicer video camera, but like no, nobody's watching 4K movies right now. Yeah, this is probably one of those features that's we're going to be so glad it's there in a few years. Yeah, in a few years. But I don't know that I care right now. Um, but, you know, it's better to future-proof than not, I suppose. I also think it's interesting with um, if these rumors are true and we have 4K video and the higher resolution images, storage is more of an issue, which I guess iCloud Photo Library pretty much solves that if you are using that system. But Does it work with videos, iCloud Photo Library? Yes, Sorry, it I'm, does. I'm making myself sound <laughs> stupid, but... <laughs> it does. Uh, PhotoStream didn't, but okay. iCloud Photo Library does. But it's kind of another reason that you, to buy into that system, which I know some people who take a ton of photos and videos resent that a little bit because you're you're forced to buy into that at some point it and forces, start paying yeah, for that. Yeah, it forces you to pay for more storage when really you don't have any device that can actually use the high-quality videos. Yeah. I mean, I think that was one of the reasons in the past that Apple said that eight megapixels was enough because it's just taking up more of your storage space for no really good reason. But, you know, if you do also want to print out a photo on a large, a large format photo, having those extra megapixels does make a difference. It so. is nice. Like if you want to do a billboard or something. <laughs> um, next thing, uh, we're Ben Gate. We all know is a huge deal. Uh, iPhone sixes or successes apparently were bending, so now they're going to be made out of aluminum that's like fifty times stronger or something. Yeah, it's the same aluminum alloy that's in the Apple Watch. Okay. Um, so, do we care about that? Like, to me, I felt like the iPhones were that it felt like a few people had bending problems did you meet anybody who actually in real life had a bending problem with their iphone 6 or 6s no <laughs> no i was only really worried about like my kids with their iphones because i mean should kids even have an iphones that's a whole like conversation a whole but other podcast debate for another day <laughs> yeah but i mean i don't carry my iphone in my pocket a lot of the time you know or I don't know. I, I just feel like if you're careless with what is basically a mini computer, then things are going to happen to it. It seems like the screen's going to crack, though. Is it going to bend in half? I, I, it seems like, sure, it doesn't hurt, but it doesn't seem necessary to me either. It seems like, I guess the, the only thing that annoys me a little bit, it's same thing with the 4K camera. Apple, what, what I love about Apple is they tend to not add sizzle features. Features that sound great in marketing campaigns, but nobody uses them. But this time the rumors I'm hearing sound like they have some sizzle features. Features that like, okay, they can say, oh, good news, we have the same megapixel camera as Android, but does it matter? You know, they can say, oh, we're using a Android uh, aluminum that's 50 times stronger, but if the phone wasn't bending, who cares? 
don't know. I think anything that makes your iPhone sturdier is good. Yeah. I probably drop things more than you do, David. <laughs> no. Are you kidding? I drop things so much. <laughs> to me, it seems like a bit of an admission, too, because I feel like Apple wasn't yeah. really acknowledging that Bendgate was a real thing, and I didn't know anybody who had a phone that was actually bending, so I'd kind of written it off, but by fixing it, they're <laughs> acknowledging that it's there a, was a problem. It's another one that's putting us Apple fanboys in an awkward situation where we're, we were saying, oh, everyone who follows Ben Gates so stupid, and now we're like, okay, we're excited about aluminum. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think the reason the reaction might have been that Ben Gay was stupid was because it seems like every time a new phone comes out, the press has to be like, they have to find something to attach the word gate to, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it's almost, it feels a little contrived, but yeah, maybe totally. in this case they had a reason. Because even if it was a thing, was it such a big thing that we had to use gate? <laughs> Everything's a gate these days. Yeah, it's a little overused. Uh, so, any other rumors? Are you guys hearing anything else that's going to be exciting about the new iPhone? I've heard um, that the base model of 16 gigabytes might be thir- 32 gigabytes, oh, which I really nice. hope is true. But I've also heard the latest rumors saying that's probably not true. So, that's my hope. Yeah, I've heard both. I really hope. I mean, I have a 16 gigabyte phone, and it's really just not enough. I'm paying for iCloud storage, and I, like I said, I'm not a huge photo taker so you know i and i don't have like huge amounts of apps but it just compared to the average person you probably do have a ton of apps though just based <laughs> on maybe, not compared to maybe me but <laughs> compared to like the average person that's true maybe i don't hang around the average iPhone <laughs> users. um the other thing i'm hearing and, and i i would be really excited about that too because 32 is probably what i need but it jumps from 16 to 64 right so it's like you end up overpaying for the 64 gigabyte because 16 isn't enough. So that would be yeah. nice. The other rumor I'm hearing, it sounds like they're gonna have a new special SIM card so that all of the iPhones are going to be, uh, you can have one iPhone that works on all carriers as opposed to having to buy a Sprint iPhone versus a Verizon. Uh, big deal, little deal, true? Um, well, I think they already did that with the iPad, so yeah. it definitely could be true. And I think it could end up being a really big deal um, one, in terms of managing inventory, it could make it so much easier. To, like, it could make it a lot easier for us to get the, if you want the 64, I ended up getting the 16 because I didn't want to wait. Yeah. And, you know, because you had your carrier had to have it in stock or you had to order it from the Apple website. So now it's easier to have, like, good inventory. But also, it means you're not tied to your carrier. And with the unsubsidized phones, um, that means it's even that much easier, which means it could just bring the price of a lot of things down for consumers. It could end up being really good for consumers. Yeah. And to me, the big thing too, is when you resell it, you don't have to find another Verizon user. Uh, you can find, you know, whatever you can resell it to anybody and it, it gets rid of the, a lot of the hassle around reselling. Yeah. I think it makes both buying and selling simpler and does take some control away from the carriers, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah. And I also heard it's electronic now. Instead of being a physical, it will be... Oh, that makes sense. Which is... Yeah. Seems like a good move. Yeah. Uh, price change. Apple's kept their prices the same for, I think, years now. Uh, are, I'm assuming they're going to stay the same, or are you guys hearing any rumors about increase in price, maybe a decrease? I haven't heard any rumors about it at all. Um, yeah. But I, if it did change... It- what do you think, like $50 more? I don't think it would be huge. I don't huge. think it will change. I think if they change, it would be for a 7 as opposed to an S. Yeah, I've heard it would be the same price. The same price. Yeah. But um, I do think it will be interesting to see whether they list it as starting at 199 or if they'll actually give the retail price of the phone since so many carriers have dropped their subsidies now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see how they market that. Uh, overall... Are you guys excited about the 6S? Will you be buying one? I know we have to wait and see, but is this something, how, on a scale from 1 to 10, how excited are you about this new phone and all these rumors we're talking about? I don't, I don't actually feel that excited. Maybe a 5. Um, I'll probably end up getting it. I don't, I don't know if I'm excited about getting it, but... That's how I feel. I'm almost annoyed about this announcement because nothing about the phone they're announcing sounds 
particularly exciting, yet I know I'm gonna just go and buy it anyway. So it's like this angry thing where I'm, I can't help myself but to buy it, but why didn't they give me something to be excited about? Yeah, I don't think Force Touch is exciting enough to make me want to go buy a phone. You know what would be exciting enough? We haven't talked about it. If they made it waterproof. There's several, and yeah. we were talking about this in a meeting the other day, there's several Android phones that are waterproof. That, to me, would make it worth it because I'm always nervous about dropping my phone in water. I mean, let's just be honest. People take their phones into the bathroom. <laughs> and by people, we mean Donna. <laughs> it's true. Way to go. <laughs> Sorry. Just embarrassing, embarrassing her on the podcast. <laughs> uh, so that would be nice. I learned firsthand that the rice trick does work. <laughs> and the by ri- that, I mean putting your phone in rice for 48 hours without resisting the temptation to turn it back on. For the record, because I'm embarrassing you, I have also dropped my phone in the toilet (laughs) and I did not tell the company. (laughs) I kept it very quiet. I only told people once my phone was revived because it was actually too much of a sore subject until I knew that my phone was not (laughs) destroyed. So I I actually have never done that and I should like knock on wood now because... (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it'll happen. Um, All right. Well, I think that's about it for the iPhone 6S. I didn't get to weigh in on whether oh, I was excited. Oh, I'm sorry, Donna. Are you excited? <laughs> um, I would I would put myself at a six, maybe a little more excited, just because I do think the camera features could be cool. Um, having the extra megapixels, I mean, if it does raise it to the level of being able to do professional level work with your iPhone, I think that's pretty exciting. Force touch, unless app developers come up with really cool ways to use that, having used it on the Apple Watch, I think it's nice, but it's not like... It's not revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Although guaranteed they'll call it revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. It's much cooler sounding on the Mac. I and mean, if you read about the things you can do on the Mac. Um, I think Force Touch, actually, one thing we didn't talk about could be cool for artists. Because if it's pressure sensitive, you could do like drawings and paintings that actually are have, that's a level of control that you never had before. So that could be really cool. Like for shading, like a line as opposed to a... Thinner or wider brush strokes, that sort of thing. Yeah, so that could be cool for artists, um, which I am not one, so (laughs) not not that exciting for me, I agree. Although, depending, I'm curious to see what they do with it, because if they come up with some useful shortcuts, I will be excited. Sometimes these little things, for instance, like the search field in the settings it's so sort of like unexciting it's such a basic thing but it's the kind of thing that makes you happy while you use your phone like this is so cool and easy you know so yeah exactly to me it's all about those little things that make your life better like every day as opposed to and that's that's my problem with like 4k which i might think is cool but never use yeah Um, So before we move on to Apple TV, uh, let me tell you guys about a few more of our services in addition to going to iPhone Life Insider, iPhoneLifeInsider.com. Also, you can get a free daily tip. So we we email those for free. You don't get the videos. You don't get the video guides. You can't ask Sarah questions about your iPhone. But you can get a video tip or not a video tip, just a tip for free at iPhoneLife.com slash daily tip. Also, we're always giving away free gear for free, so you can enter to win that. Go to iphonelife.com slash giveaway. All right, Apple TV. Uh, So, what are you guys hearing about Apple TV? I'm hearing maybe, first of all, do you guys have an Apple TV? I do not. I do, and I love mine. I do too. I, I'm like so addicted to it. I'm, I, it's, to me, it's one of the Apple products people don't talk about, but like I love mine too. It's great. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they do with it. Uh, one of the things I'm hearing is potentially a new remote. Uh, thoughts? What are you guys hearing about this new remote? Well, I know that I hate my remote. The room, that's my oh, biggest you have complaint. One? I can never find mine. <laughs> I lost mine like years ago. <laughs> I use the app now, but... I don't really think either are that great. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I hear a lot of complaints about the remote. Mm-hmm. So one with like actual buttons you could use seems like a lot of people want that. It, remotes are one of the few things where making them smaller does not help. I want my remote to be like brick size so I don't lose yeah, it. I, <laughs> plus, yeah, I agree. Plus just being able to press all the buttons, not having to go through menus. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm also hearing potentially it could be touchscreen, which would be really cool. Uh, I'm hearing it could be, they have, could, 
could have touch ID, which I guess would be good for parent controls. I don't know. Now it'd be annoying. You'd be like constantly asked to go change the channel. Yeah, but I, I would imagine it's less annoying than like having a password and more secure. Yeah, I guess if it was you were just to access the settings in terms of what your the kids could access on the Apple TV. Yeah, the other cool thing I'm hearing is people are saying it could be kind of like a Wii remote where it has motion control. Uh, I don't know what that would be useful for, but it could be cool. Well, for gaming, I mean, if you could, because they've been talking about having third-party apps mm -hmm. on the Apple TV, and then so if you had games and a motion sensor, then that would appeal to a whole different group of people. Absolutely. I think that's really cool. Um, so other questions for you. One of the things we're hearing is updated UI. Uh, uh, what about the updated UI are we hearing? Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard that much besides the introduction of more apps. Yeah, app more store. apps. I kind of wasn't expecting a whole lot in that area because the rumors are saying we will not have an Apple TV streaming service, which mm -hmm. we were hoping for at the last announcement, and it just keeps on getting punted, supposedly, because it's hard to get an agreement with um, any of the cable stations, so... Yeah, uh, what I'm hearing is it'll be, um, I'm reading, they'll make it closer to iOS 9, so make it look, because right now it does look and feel still a little bit like iOS 6, you know? It does. Yeah, it's supposed to get iOS 9 and a faster processor, not the A9 chip, I think the A8 maybe. Um, uh, anything in particular, and Donna, since, since you're a user of the Apple TV, anything in particular you're hoping they'll add, any cool features in terms of user interface you're hoping they'll add? Well, I uh, I love my Amazon Prime account, mm -hmm. and it is annoying having to stream shows from my MacBook Air to the TV instead of just having that app on there. So it'd be nice to have that. Um, that's one thing I'm hoping for. Um, what about you, David? Oh man, I have such a long list. <laughs> it's like a, I have a love-hate relationship with my Apple TV. I love it, but there's so many ways they can make it better. Um, first of all, like an easier way to sort the apps and move them around and maybe put them in folders because they keep rolling out different like approved channels on Apple TV and it's like, I don't need the Smithsonian channel and I certainly don't need it like as the first option. So being able to like control that easily would be really nice. What do you have against the Smithsonian, David? <laughs> I'm just not that cultured, apparently. <laughs> just get me to like the HBO so I can watch Game of Thrones and I'm happy. Um, the other thing that I think would be really cool would be to have a unified search. I've been wanting this for a long time. Because don't you guys have this? Like you decide you want to watch a movie and then you want to know where that has it. So you want to see, does Netflix have it? Does HBO have it? Does Amazon have it? That would uh, be great. Yeah. That would be amazing. Right? And it wouldn't be hard to do. And these are the type of things that like Apple TV can do that cable can't. And so I'm surprised they're not doing more things like that. Yeah. I always end up Googling that and having to kind of find out, yeah. okay, what's yeah, carrying the show. Sometimes, you know, like if I want to watch something, I have to check Netflix and Amazon Prime because one will have it for you know free and one I have to rent or... And that's the worst. If you had it happen where you rent something and then you realize it was free, yes. it feels like the biggest waste. You know, I'm like, I hate that movie now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I had a point and I forgot it. Is it Siri? I can talk about Siri yeah. and that was not my point, but Siri, we're hearing they're going to have Siri. Uh, would you guys use Siri? Are you excited about Siri on your Apple TV? I don't know. I love Siri. If, if you read our tips, you know that we have a lot of tips about Siri and that's because I think everyone should use Siri. But I feel like people should use Siri when they're alone and watching TV is kind of a group event just by virtue of being <laughs> usually in the public space of your house. Um, I feel like you should write an op-ed about <laughs> why people should only Siri in private. <laughs> I know, that sounds so funny. You know, if you're in your living room, I mean, I know people watch TV in their bedrooms too, but if you're in your living room watching TV, there's going to be a lot of people talking. Siri is great, but she's not that great in like noisy situation has some social anxieties or something something yeah how about you donna would you use siri for apple tv i'm intrigued and i do use siri a lot but i feel like that's i didn't um until recently and i feel like Siri's getting to a point now where it's good enough that it's useful so 
I think it would be nice. I mean, it'd be another way to get around the annoying remote. Mm-hmm. And if you could just use Siri and not even deal with any kind of remote, that'd yeah, be nice. On your Apple Watch, if you could use Siri on your Apple Watch to control it, that'd be yeah. really cool. I, I feel like the Apple Watch has got me even more excited about Siri because it's just the easiest way to deal with your watch a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, so my problem with Siri, it's weird because it, in theory, I love Siri and she does a lot of useful things. I always forget to use it though. Like, do you, I, I don't know. Somehow it's like when I'm sending a text message, I don't like dictate it to Siri. I go and send a text, even though it's probably faster. It sounds like Sarah, you don't have that problem. You're a Siri fanatic. I love using Siri and I do dictate tests right on my Apple Watch, but only when I'm alone, like I said, because <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when you're in the bathroom and the person in the stall next to you starts talking to you, but it turns out they're on their phone. It's just kind of one of those things. It's like, you really should have conversations with the actual people who are there and not with like invisible digital assistants. When I, when I lived in San Francisco, I used to play this game. Uh, my roommate and, I would play, roommate and I would play this game, crazy or on a headset. And we try to figure <laughs> out if they were talking to themselves and crazy or if they were actually talking to someone using headsets. So maybe it's a little bit like that where you're, Crazy or Siri? <laughs> yeah, my dad definitely. He had one of those. He was one of the first people to have the little jawbone that you put in your ear. I like how you started to say he was one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> He's an early adopter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> the thing that gets me about those people is maybe not your dad. But yeah, let's people. exclude Donna's dad from many times yeah. to say those people. <laughs> so when you like, think they're talking to you and you're like, uh, hi. They, like, give you this look like you're a moron for, like, thinking that this person standing next to you is saying hi to you. Like, oh, they I'm feel sorry. annoyed that you're responding to them. Uh, other things, sorry, awkward transition, but transitioning back to topic now. Um, we talked a little about improved hardware, A8 chip. Anything else you're hearing about improved hardware? No, not really. One of the things I'm hoping for, and I don't know if this is a hardware or software thing, Donna, do you find that your Apple TV is kind of glitchy if you try to like stream to it? Yes, I do. And I wasn't sure if that's just my Wi-Fi or... I have spent hundreds of dollars buying better and better routers because it drives me crazy and I'm an impatient person. And it's not the Wi-Fi because I have really fast internet now. <laughs> yeah, I do too. But um, So yeah, you have that problem too? I do. It'll, that's why I wanted the Amazon app because mm-hmm. I, I don't usually stream from a device because it doesn't work as well. Yeah, so I don't know if that's a hardware thing or a software thing, but it's really nice to be able to like throw a picture on, on the yeah. Apple TV or if you have a funny YouTube video you want to share with people. So that I would love to see. Um, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, third-party apps is rumored there's going to be an app store. Is there, uh, Donna, you already said you're, you want the Amazon app. Is there any other apps you're excited about? Well, you mentioned Skype earlier. We were talking about that, and that would be really nice. I just think some something a little more out of the box. You don't need to just use your Apple TV for watching TV and movies, mm-hmm. so that would be cool. Also, there's been rumors of Apple having its own uh, shows starting to do that. And that would be really cool. I mean, I watch TV so much more than I watch movies now because of Netflix originals. And I feel like TV is getting so much better and it'd be cool if Apple entered into that. Yeah. Netflix and HBO. And and the reason why is they're spending so much money on these shows and God knows Apple has money to spend. So yeah, uh, I actually just read, uh, they were trying to sign Bill Simmons. You guys probably aren't sports fans. Don't know who he is, but he's a really big, big deal in sports commentator. Uh, he just got fired from ESPN. So they were try- apparently they were trying to sign him and couldn't, which is interesting, but it, it does point to the same thing. Um, how about you, Sarah? Any third-party apps that you're excited about? Um, not really. I am excited about video streaming apps because I am planning to buy an Apple TV later this year, and depending on what the actual Apple TV <laughs> turns out to be, and because I'm going to cancel our cable because... Um, so I'm excited to see those kinds of streaming apps, but I've read that it's going to be limited, the third-party app store, to just like videos and games and things that would be sort of appropriate for TV. Yeah, I'm curious about games. I, I have an Xbox. Uh, I'm skeptical that an Apple TV could compete with an Xbox, but it's interesting to think that you could get games on an Apple TV and whether they're going to, how far they're going to go down that road will be interesting. Uh, the other thing that's interesting to me 
is a little bit of the unknown. I've talked about this in some of my articles about the Apple Watch. You know, when the iPhone came out, we thought of it for very specific purposes, and then the App Store came along, and suddenly we use it for a lot of other purposes. So, you know, you use it to measure your heart rate, you use it for fitness, all sorts of crazy things. Um, so I'm curious just to see if there's some creative, crazy way to use a TV that we've never thought about before. It does seem like one of those kind of undeveloped areas, and there's lots of rumors swirling about the Apple TV, so it seems like Apple might have something in store. I hope so. Now, what do you think about the rumors of Apple TV sort of being used as a hub for HomeKit devices? Yeah, I've been, re I've been reading about that. I'm intrigued, but I'm curious to see how it works. Like, I, I'm not quite, I, I have a hard time imagining how that would work. Have you guys read about that? Like, to me, that sounds like an interesting idea, but I don't know what that means. I mean, I think it's kind of like, you know how on your health app, on your phone, it, there's your dashboard and you get all the information from all of your different health devices and apps. I, I think it's going to be a bit like that in that instead of having to have different apps for all the different, like your smart light bulbs and your smart home security or your smart, you know, like your Nest or whatever, mm -hmm. if you had just one hub where you everything could be linked to that and set up through that and managed through that, I think it would really simplify it because when I think about setting up a smart home and having to manage all those different apps and stuff, it actually just makes me really like my analog life. <laughs> <laughs> so the hub, Apple TV would be the hub that would control all the different smart home devices you have and then presumably there would be an app on your phone that you would control all of the devices through that one app, I think. But that makes sense because they're all Wi-Fi nice. connected, so you could control it through your app from anywhere through the Apple TV, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, just looking at different smart home, it is kind of a mess right now. Like, I feel like oh, yeah. you have to buy a hub if you want to have any kind of substantial smart home setup where you're using a bunch of different products and it's hard to choose which one and which devices work with it. So it'd be great if Apple made something a little more universal. And it's another thing, too, that it's only going to become more of a mess because everything in the future is coming smart. Like you're going to have a smart washing machine, a smart dishwasher, a smart computer. Well, sorry, smart computers already exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening, people. Smart computers. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's only going to become a, a bigger deal. And hopefully, it, it uh, to me too, it takes somebody like Apple to pull it off. You need a big player to, to kind of control the hub that controls everything. So that could be cool. Uh, the other thing we're hearing, of course, is the streaming service. Um, are, are you hearing that's going to happen and that's like the service to replace cable? Are we hearing that's going to happen? I've heard it's not happening. As Donna said, apparently they can't come to an agreement with different content providers, especially I guess they want to include all of our sort of local cable channels mm -hmm. and I guess it's getting complicated and possibly expensive. Um, coming to an agreement with all of them. Yeah, I, to me, the, I, I don't get it. Because to me, this is one of the things that I think makes the most sense for an Apple TV. It's like when you think about it, the system of projecting uh, cable or whatever through a satellite or through an actual physical cord just is no longer like the right way to do it. We all have internet, it's fast enough, we should just use internet for this. Uh, and Dish Network has, what is it called, Sling or something like that? Yeah. So Dish already has it, and a few other people already have it. I don't get why Apple is having such a hard time. Yeah, what I've heard is it's going to be a lot like Sling, where it's, I think the rumor said around 25 to 30 channels, and a lot of them would be the big, mm -hmm. you know, we'd have a lot of the mainstream stuff. Um, I didn't hear a lot about the local channels, which I'd be curious about. Because I was worried it would be a little bit too much of like one size fits all. Like here's your 25 channels, you pay 30 to $40 a month for it. But what if that doesn't include something that you really like? The whole benefit of something like Apple TV over cable or satellite is that you don't have to do that anymore. You can pick and choose each channel. I think what would be really appealing is if they, if they gave you the option to have around 20 or 25 channels and you got to choose what they are from a larger selection. Mm -hmm. Maybe they wouldn't have as many choices as you get with DirecTV or something, but at least it's not just chosen for you. Or even, I mean, what I, I think it'd be cool to take it one step further, and you could pay for TV shows. Like, 
Yeah, I watch TBS, but really I just watch Big Bang Theory. So if I just could pay for that and not have to watch all the rest of TBS, I'd be perfectly happy. You know what I mean? That would be really cool. I haven't heard any rumors suggesting that that's what they have in the works, but that would be really nice. Yeah, I doubt <laughs> it, but that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I've heard they won't, they won't get it together for this announcement, but that's probably what's coming relatively soon is we'll be ha having between 25 and 30 channels we can choose for 30 to $40. It just surprises me because, I mean, Apple is just known to be such great negotiators and they already did this with music, they did it with books. Why, it, it almost makes me feel like maybe, it, it almost makes me give more credit to Steve Jobs, even more credit because he was the one that wrangled the music industry, he was the one that wrangled the book industry. It seems like they're kind of struggling to get somebody with a strong enough will to wrangle all of these different uh, TV industry people. I mean, maybe the difference is the music industry was kind of already in trouble and then iTunes really kind of changed it. Like people started paying for the music instead of downloading it illegally. Whereas I feel like if I could choose 25 channels and because that's what I've always wanted. Like I just wanted, there's only, who watches more than 25 channels out of the like 300 plus that you're paying for each month? I've read like the average person watches like seven channels. Yeah, so. And pays something like, like $90 a month. Yeah, for like I, 200 I, I pay $100 a month for my yeah. cable bill. And yeah, so if I could choose for half that cost to get channels that I actually watch, that would be, I would abandon cable and never look back. But the point, I mean, I guess the question is, are enough people abandoning cable to, to, to make it a pain point for them? Like, I mean, I know so many people, and I still pay for satellite, but I know so many people who have just have Netflix and just have HBO, you know? It's probably mostly millennials. Millennials, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's, it's more and more of the population. Yeah, so, so I think eventually it'll force it'll force people's hands, but right now, maybe it's not to that point. Yeah, I guess so. So I guess the real question is, would you guys, given what we're hearing about Apple TV and one other important relevant information, I'm hearing it'll cost, I've heard under $200. If you can't see, I'm doing my quotation marks. Under $200, uh, which probably makes me think 199. Uh, currently, it costs. <laughs> I've heard 149. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Currently, it costs 99 dollars. If it were 149, or if it were 199, would you guys buy it? It's we actually dropped to 79. Yeah, yeah, but presumably that's because it's coming out with a new one. Right. Yeah. I guess you know I just have to do like a sort of cost-benefit analysis. Will I get enough of what I want because I'm paying for cable? And you know Netflix, and I've thought about subscribing to Hulu, and because there's a wide variety of like. Mm -hmm media consumption needs in my family and so if I can get enough of like the sports and news and the things that the kids want and like the cool tv shows that I like to watch then yeah so it sounds like because another way to ask the question is what what would they need to have for you to pay for it it sounds like what you would need is you're looking for enough features for you to get away from cable so you really are would wait until the streaming service came out before you bought an apple tv if there were enough streaming apps, because now there's, isn't there a, an independent ESPN? Like you don't have to have ESPN. There is ESPN. And there's each. Oh no, but ESPN, it's ESPN three and it doesn't show the standard ESPN things. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the main reason we still have cable because there are some sports fans in my family. Yeah. Same here. If it wasn't for sports, I would, I don't think I would subscribe to cable. Yeah. Especially, well, and news, sports and news. Mm-hmm. I'd want to wait to the streaming service, I think, until I'd bother. Unless there's something really cool with HomeKit that wowed me or the you know, remote control. Uh, I think, to me, the, the only thing... I, I think I'll buy one. I just It's not that expensive, and I really like my Apple TV. The only thing that would make it... Um, the thing that would make it a big deal to me, actually, is the improved hardware and user interface. If it's just easier to use and it's faster... Uh, that would be real. That would be nice. Less glitchy, and I'm, I'm happy, honestly. So I wouldn't take a lot to make me happy. Uh, sounds like we're running out of time here. Uh, iPad. Are we hearing iPad will be included in this announcement? I'm guessing that they may say something about it, kind of like they introduced the Apple Watch at the last iPhone announcement, but there wasn't like the official announcement until the following March or mm -hmm. something. Um, so. I that would be the most that we'd hear of it. it they'll save it for October. Yeah, I, I don't even think they'll mention it. What do you think, Donna? 
I mean, since last year, they mentioned the Apple Watch so far before we actually got it. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they mentioned the iPad Pro and just mm -hmm. told us what some of the main features would be. Maybe. We'll have an office bet. I don't think yeah. they'll mention it. Okay. Um, and just real quick, uh, what are we hearing about the iPad Pro? What are the latest rumors about that? Strangely, we're hearing there's going to be a stylus, which... I don't know. <laughs> There's a quote about me swearing about how much I hate the stylus in the next issue of iPhone Life. So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on record already not being a fan of styluses. Well, you know, for me, it might make a difference because I know it drives you nuts, but I bring my notepad to meetings and take like <laughs> physical notes. It There's... doesn't drive me nuts. We have a print magazine on paper. I love paper. I don't mind. I'm, I'm happy you're remembering I, things. <laughs> well, I would like to actually put notes on my iPhone but I like writing things down and I can't, I have a problem. I like to spell things correctly and use proper grammar and I can't like type quickly enough on my iPhone to like really take notes. So you'd be okay with a stylus though? You'd use a stylus for that? I might, yeah. I guess, especially if it's pressure sensitive, that, that helps. Um, if it can yeah, convert, that's what I've heard, it'd be a forced touch stylus. Yeah, if it can convert my writing to actually like typed mm -hmm. words. There you go. Okay, uh, the only other thing I'm hearing about the iPad Pro, I think 12 inches is what I'm hearing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and also multitasking, which will be interesting. Oh, they already talked about that, so that's not even a rumor, that's just a fact at this point. Yeah, the split screen multitasking. Yeah, the split screen multitasking. Great, well, I think that that does it for our first ever podcast. Uh, just as a reminder, I'm David Aberbach. I'm here with Donna Cleveland and Sarah Kingsbury. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, real quick, um, let me, let's go over a few extra things happening at iPhone Life these days. We're just getting ready to come out with our next issue, which is our Holly Buyer's Guide. Donna, what's going to be in that? Well, we have a whole special section that will tell you all about the coolest gadgets you can buy for everyone on your list. Um, headphones, speakers, drones, everything you can think of. We also have a lot of other interesting articles in our sections, um, such as in our life and tech section. We have an article about mobile activism, which our former editor-in-chief, Alex Sakea, wrote, um, teaching you how mobile technology can help organize around social movements. So I think that's going to be an interesting article for, for people as well. Sarah and I both have articles, apparently not interesting for people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sarah and David are going to debate whether or not you should upgrade to the, upgrade to the iPhone 6S. Mm -hmm. You got a little preview of that here, but <laughs> once we actually know everything for sure that's in the iPhone 6S, they'll have more informed opinions. Uh, yeah, and I have a Apple Gear review as well, and Sarah has a tips article. Yep, top 10 iOS 9 tips. So tune in for that. Uh, also, our comment, we're going to be covering this Apple announcement. It's like our Christmas. Uh, what are we going to be doing for it? Where should people check out to, to follow our coverage? iPhoneLife.com slash live dash coverage. Um, there will be a Twitter feed, and um, it'll be updated with all of our uh, articles. We'll be live blogging the event, and then we'll be following up with some op-eds and roundups kind of analyzing and going over what came out and how we feel about it. Great. Uh, and I'm assuming Apple's going to be live streaming this event, yeah? Yeah, they. I believe they are. Okay, so you can watch it then from Apple TV, uh, Safari. Does it have to be a Mac? Can you watch it from You can PC? watch it in Safari. Safari on a PC? Yes, but I have found that you have to be using the latest version of things, so you might want to check and make sure that your Safari application is up to date on your computer before you try and watch the Apple event. Same thing with your update your software on your Apple TV. It's so annoying trying to sit there and wait for your software to update so you can watch the announcement as you know it's happening. So that sounds like a good tip of the day for us. <laughs> That's my job. That's your job. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.